Welcome to TT with the Ballers podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of TT with the Ballers. We are starting with the third season and before the season actually begins and before we start getting the matches, uh, we have planned a very special episode with with most of the United fans and to have a United-centric approach last time. We were missing few United fans, so uh, so I, I tried inviting a lot of them and, and I have Raghav with me. He is a good old-time friend from back in college and I have the another regular of the core group Anshu with me. So, hi Raghav, how are you doing and how's it going? I'm great. How are you doing, Hart? It's been a while since we spoke the last time and I'm glad to be doing this finally. I've been wanting to be a part of the show for a while, but unfortunately, it was just different things happening at different points of time. I couldn't be there. I'm finally glad to be able to do this as well. Looking forward to this one. Right. So, so, so without any further ado, first of all, um, congratulations on the last uh, season. I think it was a fair success, but a lot to build on that. And with the new season underway, uh, where do you see the major improvements coming in? And uh, how do you rate the current transfers or, or the direction it has been taking so far? Uh, so basically, I think there are two parts to it. One, of course, the last season performance. I think that while I can take a lot of positives away as a fan, I still unfortunately was one of those people who expected at least one more trophy in the cabinet. As optimistic as I may seem, uh, I felt that the match against Manchester City in the FA Cup, I genuinely felt there was an opportunity because while City was coming in red-hot form, and uh, we were having our ups and downs because of the injuries and the what depth lacking severely. But I felt that was a match on one particular day. There was not a lot of fatigue because there were regular matches at regular intervals, at least for us. And I felt that I honestly expected at least one more trophy in the cabinet. So yes, while it was much, much better than we had expected in the beginning, but the momentum that we picked up, I felt that we still had enough uh, people to perform on a particular day. So, yeah, I mean, it was positive, so to say, when you have no expectations. But the team themselves were responsible for kind of building expectations for me as a fan. Uh, so I felt that we did fall short because you you know this. I'm sure that you've been in the, like reading the news. Uh, we had started talking about spoiling cities, treble, uh, having a treble of our own that we'll win the Europa League, we'll win the FA Cup, we've already won one cup. So, I mean, yes, we did not have the squad at the end of the day, but I felt that we should have had one more trophy. I felt there were some mistakes. I felt that the team lacked the depth, which coming to your next point automatically leads to the transfers. Uh, I've been very vocal about David De Gea uh, for the last three years. I felt that his skills were suitable for the game as it was till it evolved around five years back. I felt that when he joined United, the first three, four years, the way he developed, he was the best shot stopper when it comes to saving difficult shots. But as far as building game from the gameplay from the back, which has been 
which has not only been cities or barcelona's game anymore it's become quite the norm that the keeper is the 11th player not just a show shot stopper so i felt he'd been outdated so the pressure started right from the back so i'm really glad that i don't know if we'll sign onana i'm 99% sure we will it's just a matter of 5 million and i'm sure that we'll be able to get that but i felt that a goalkeeper department was something we severely needed uh, to work on and we have i'm even okay if uh, uh, david dahaya goes and we are unfortunately not able to sign uh, onana because we have a couple of backup keepers one's a 19 year old one's a 24 year old a cabbage and a vad vladik or vadik uh, i'm just missing the name maybe but we have two keepers who Yeah, I mean that David Haya. Even if Onana doesn't work out as expected, uh, I we and even if we are not able to sign him, and we sign the keeper, that Japanese keeper who's for two million or three million, uh, whatever it is, as the backup or whatever it is, we have a couple of players in our team apart from Heaton, of course, who've built, who have built their game around starting the game from the back. So if push comes to shove, we have no options available. I feel still feel that Erin. Ten Hag's game, Eric Ten Hag's game starts from the keeper, and we have enough opportunities that we need to address. So, short stopping cannot be the only definition of a keeper anymore. So, that's one department I feel we've addressed. Uh, Mason Mount, apart from his jersey number, I'm happy with the signing because uh, the jersey number took me by surprise. I mean, Garnacho's love for it. I'll not get into Garnacho because he was being too optimistic anyway. Because I am someone who has been very critical of Garnacho because of his ball control abilities. I feel he severely lacks decision making and ball control. Speed alone cannot win you the game. So right. I felt that him being optimistic for number seven was a different game. But as far as uh, giving Mount number seven is concerned, even there are only two things possible. Like Bruno played on the left wing. This time it's Mount and Bruno who are going to be interchanging positions and taking the central midfield and the left field role. Right. Unless United opts for a four-one-two-three and we get another striker in. So we're going to most probably have Holland's joining us. Uh, so it's going to be uh, Casemiro, Bruno, Mount, Rashford, Holland, and uh, Antony. But if we don't get him, then I feel that it'll be Casemiro and Eriksen or McTominay with Bruno on the midfield, and then it'll be Mount, Rashford, and Antony. So I felt that Mount. can fill in both those roles but i really hope we get a striker so rashford can play on the left wing because he's deadly from there so right. uh, i'm really happy osland is is one of the players uh, on the list and i think if you sign him and develop him over the years i think he's going to be yeah. a big big signing yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just sad that um marshall didn't turn up the way it was expected yeah. but uh coming to uh, your point see uh, don't get me wrong but i am a yeah. little critical of united fans and i would like anshu to have his take on this and then we can come to you i i sure. i think deheya is one of the greatest keepers of premier league that we i have seen as as a fan and as a rival i can tell you there have been matches that that deheya has absolutely won and big matches not 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 like against burnley's and crystal palace there are matches that that the difference between 3 and a 0 was david deheya last time uh, last season he was the golden uh, glove winner and and i just i i i fail to understand this criticism somehow 
and uh, we i had this conversation with another fan, uh, another united fan uh, vinayak and um, on this that uh, that that you know when when the trend criticism was coming in that you know it's it's not about uh, being an attacking uh, left back or a right back it's all about defensive capabilities similarly if you feel that if you are evaluating a keeper and if you have a absolute shot stopper who has uh the control in in his box and you know can can support you can can uh make you win games be the difference between loss and win be the difference so i i just cannot comprehend somehow maybe it's uh it's it's like if as a liverpool fan i haven't had a good goalkeeper i would say on paper till we signed alisson and he has all the things that arguably uh, david de gea lacks but i think even alisson is not as good as a shot stopper as or a good goalkeeper if i have to evaluate a goalkeeper i think i would rate de gea better than uh, uh, alisson or even at i would keep him at par with ederson so someone who who has that kind of an impressive cv of of being a long time servant where does this criticism of david de gea stem from anshu if you could explain that to me in very simple footballing terms where does this stem from yeah and and uh... it stems from it stems from things going awry in important matches and when they do like raga was mentioning about the fa cup uh, final right i think that is one of the key moments if not if not the major ones i think uh, time and again we've seen i mean i agree with everything you've said i think be you know servant for the club for 12 years last premier league winning player of the team you know alex ferguson signing all of that i agree with all of that i i have always maintained that he is the best show stopper in premier league irrespective of who was performing at what level but that does not simply imply that if you are you know it's it's simple if you are even if you are the best in your position and you're not serving the team's purposes which inherently is the manager's way of playing you go it's simple as that and i think i think eric ten hag did show enough support in him in the way of you know uh, giving him important matches pretty much having him start every other game that uh, that would have essentially counted and uh, i think he i think i think we are a, we get a bit carried away uh, it, as far as this particular season is concerned because we say that you know he has the golden glove and 25 clean sheets and all of that but it's a fair point to make i think that those clean sheets belong more to uh, rafael varan and lisandro martinez talking specifically about this season but apart from that i think to answer your question in very plain simple footballing terms and i i would change the dialect to hindi here important matches mein haga he had to go it's as simple as that the, the point is that if you cannot perform in important matches if you cannot repay your manager's trust in the way that you should uh, you know I, i mean i'm not drawing an, any analogies here or not comparing but it's it's pretty much the same situation as it was with lodi scarius if you remember him 
it's it's not that he's even i i don't think he even i mean it's, it's a bit hairs. unfair no. no 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 I'm, I'm, no 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 let, like, let, let, let me complete I, i'm saying he he does not even tie the hair's lace okay in yeah. terms of quality in terms of show stopping i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the fact that loris karis any other day would have been a fair enough second choice or a third choice keeper but klopp did not keep him in the team and there was an argument to be made that he essentially had two bad games right mm-hmm. so we, we we've seen de gea having bad games season after season continuously for the last two or three seasons and i think the the expectations and i think it has got some something to do with the fact that uh, the personnel in front of him in the seasons preceding this have not been as much of a quality as they had been in this season even so i think the basic football philosophy that united want to follow wherein uh you know you you want to invite the press you want your goalkeeper to be someone who has that vision to make make that you know you know we you know how we talk about deserve ball so much we talked so much about it last season like you know you have to invite the press like because uh, we have come to fortunately or unfortunately in an era of football where pretty much every good team is very good at pressing and counter pressing so you have to have a goalkeeper especially if you want to play the kind of football that eric ten hag does want to play which is essentially a version of croatian football if you want to look at it he wants to control the game he wants to keep the ball and that does not happen with deya and i i think he tried to be to be fair i think he tried it did not work out and uh, it's perhaps a good time it is it is Raghav, would you like to add something on this? Yes, uh, 100% I would. I mean, the first thing that uh, I'm sure rightly said was that if you look at his record over the last years, I mean, we're never saying he was not a legend at the club. Uh, 12 years and equaling Cristiano's record for the most awards as the Sir Matt Busby Player of the Year. He won it four times and he was the first player to win it thrice in a row. So that I think kind of proves his worth. uh i understand the times when he won was after alex ferguson he left the club and we had we were having the best of performances so he's the only one in his prime who was trying to save games like you said uh and building on your point harsh uh, about the fact that he has the best shot stopping abilities i cannot take that away i think i have never seen in my personal experience a goalkeeper with better reflexes and the ability to use both hands and legs equally is something that i think he's been gifted with but again the last time he won the mad busby player of the year was in 2017-18 when he had a formidable defense in front of him this is before we signed the likes of our favorite harry maguire uh so uh that's the last time he won the award mm-hmm. after that he's unfortunately not been in a position to win the award it's either been bruno it's been rashford and it was ronaldo when they came back so i think that alone and also we had luke shaw win it once so i think that an alone is a testament about the fact that he needs a defense in front of him like anshu said despite having 25 clean sheets this year he is nowhere in the mentions or in the discussions as being one of our key players this season the only talks we have are about marcus rashford bruno fernandes casemiro and martinez that alone is a testament of the fact that his influence has been minimal Yes, every goalkeeper has that capability to produce outstanding saves, and in our case, because we concede a lot of shots on goal, 
his role in the game becomes more mm-hmm. but we cannot take away his mistakes and his performances especially the start of the season if you remember brentford 4-0 that we lost two mistakes the first two goals the kind of mistakes no one makes i mean i'm doing the same thing again if you remember uh, first there was a game in which alisson made a mistake he tried to play the ball from the back and he right. got tackled and the goal was he did not do that the entire match again right he was right. careful there was only one other instance when he played it from the back so you learn from it right the higher didn't learn he did the first mistake again he did the second mistake and the entire game he tried to do the same thing and he did not look confident so what's happening is he has a limited skill set he's been asked to do something because ten hag plays the game a certain way he needs that press because the goalkeeper is supposed to be the 11th to free up his entire attacking midfield and the wing so right right dehaer doesn't fit so more than a fact that we be mean to him or we disrespect him in this that's not the case the club has to evolve the style has to be definitive the problem we've had with vanyal tojar morinho everyone is because they could not enforce a particular style of play is why we never were in the contention to be even considered for a top 4 or a trophy at all ten hag is very clear about the way he wants to play the game right and that is the only gap that has emerged and it's a fairly big gap we've talked so much about it last year also that we are struggling to play the ball out from the back we were almost going to concede a goal every time the higher tried to do ball tricks and tried to play the ball from the back so it's just about a fitment issue that the higher needed to go the fact that he is not he was all it's ten hag who's pushed him out so i am sure we all know his contract was ready united had reduced his fees he had accepted it and mm-hmm. still we did not go ahead with it that's only because of ten hag because he's so clear so i mean sometimes it's just trusting the person who's at the head and right, trusting right. the person who's leading your team and that's that's ten hag for us and we have to believe in the philosophy and he wants to put a style aaj sorry for the hindi but aaj yeah. main bolu agar but liverpool has a style of play you know the ball from the straight is going to go to sala through either through a through ball on the right left back or it's going to he's going to cut through from the left and play from the inside or you see a mm-hmm. luis diaz is going to do the same thing from the left wing a jota is going to get make a get in behind run you can predict it yet right. you can't stop them for for city you know they are going to have the right back become a central midfielder you're going to have haland be the target man you know it before you start watching the game you know what they're going to do inside out mm-hmm. which that was what is missing with united and for that you need definition and that starts from the back so i mean it's important to make this transition and unfortunately you call him a scapegoat you call him that okay his time is up but it's a move that has been made for the larger good of the team rather than singling out a person and keeping him with 350 cut to 250 also i felt is a big hole in our pockets for someone mm-hmm. who may not be able to contribute to the style of play we need so i mean that's a sacrifice or a compromise whatever you want to call it with him but if we get onana it's not a downgrade so he's one of the best uh, certainly yeah. so that's that's where it is that's where it is if onana works out it's a great decision if it doesn't it was a gamble that may or may not pay out but, so, but, but i'll, Javid, I'll just make one point how different is uh, onana from deheya i mean in the sense that playing out from the back do you think okay i can fill the boots the big boots uh, left behind big gloves but also the boots 
that uh, that united expects the new keeper to fill do you think onana fits sure. the bill sure so uh, i don't know if you remember the world cup match as well but onana for inter milan has has been the single point of defense in fact for at least 7 to 8 minutes per game he's been someone who passes the ball with his center backs and comes to a position of a right back or a left back and continues to pass the ball till it's required so mm-hmm. there are actual instances where he's provided assists from the position of a right back from the position of a central defensive midfielder that's as far as what he comes to he's repeated something that we saw in martinez do for argentina he's done a similar save on three occasions for inter milan as well so yes he does fit the bill he has a track record he showed it in the world cup as well he came out and how and i was fortunate enough to watch a match live so uh, i have seen him do that live as well so i can vouch for the fact that he's very different from dahaya uh, dahaya never leaves his d and onana is always on the edge of it and always itching to kind of help and make sure that if his center backs pushing forward he's there covering for them and he's providing the backup that's needed to pro- prevent overhead crosses and overhead through balls as well so he's very good at that and i have personally kind of seen that i've seen videos i've seen his performances and that's why i can vouch for the fact that he's opposite of david ai when it comes to ball tricks and stuff so yeah he's and someone also, who keeps... i think the ax connection between onana and uh... of course of course of course that's going to that's going to play a part as well and your 100% agree with you yeah absolutely absolutely yes. so anshu what's yeah, your take yeah. what's your take on the fitment of onana how do you see the future planning out with him i think it will i think it's too early to call uh, but like statistically speaking i am very hopeful because uh, like i i was going through a few statistics that i saw uh, with regards to the way he has performed over the last two seasons especially in seria and so he i i think uh, he was in the 85th or 90th percentile in most of the uh you know important metrics that you that you consider when you go for a short stop or statistic like clean sheet percentages and save percentages and what not uh what really interested me was the fact that he was i think in the i think he has more touches of the ball per game um than i think i think only three keepers in europe have more touches of the ball per game in in the 90 uh then uh, then onana uh, onana has i think yan somer is one of them right uh, uh as far as the defensive actions you know he has outside penalty area he he lacks in that so but the offensive actions he has outside the penalty area he is in the i think the top 92 percentile in europe so that shows that his mentality is not to uh, let's say you know block the ball or keep the ball always he's more of a he's more of a sweeper Quick keeper passer. kind of a yeah. kind of, yeah he's he is somebody who i think uh, uh, he 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 i think he leans more to the prime noyer if you remember him you know somebody uh-huh. who's not scared of getting out of the out of the box heading the balls uh, when he's out of the box uh, to avoid any you know uh, those like uh stupid moments that keepers have that we right. saw nick pope having this season and alison having once so uh, i think he's not scared of getting into those situations and i right. think that is something that appeals a lot to the way ten hag wants to play because if 
so mm, uh, the the basic gist of the matter for me is that for ten hag to play competitively against the likes of klopp uh, you know uh, guardiola now pochettino uh, arteta there has to be a very clear demarcation of how he wants to play off the ball so mm-hmm. and, and playing off the ball is very very sort of important for teams that want to build from the back because it essentially you know you essentially decide which player goes in what channel so if you have a goalkeeper who has the capacity to step out then you essentially you know we 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 have often talked about that that weird 272 you know formation yeah. that teams have the habit of getting into these days for no weird reason and we've even seen uh, the likes of city uh having just one center back at the back and then everybody uh overloading the midfield or the or the wing channel something like that so i think i think, I think if... overloading the midfield is the new cool these days for some reason and and yes yes and that's how, yes i think that's how i think it's i think uh, it's because you know i think it's uh, i think it's you, you have liverpool to thank for that because if you essentially build your teams around players who are essentially excellent at giving width what do you do how do you counter them you know you 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 try to play the ball where those players are not and that's I mean, that's why i, I think i think i think that's why it's a very weird unorthodox kind of midfield like you know there are no no but that is no but harsh that was this season that was yeah. this season that was not no, in the I, seasons all, preceding all because because liverpool uh, so the if if we are talking about the best liverpool that has been present in the past few seasons so we are talking about the 2017 to 2019 side right? right now that liverpool side was very very clear as raghav said as to how they want to play you know mm-hmm. you would never see a jordan henderson when they were on the ball trying to back pass or trying to give a slant pass like those things mm-hmm. were not happening so Uh, trying to build up a game that's based out of you know boxing the midfielder essentially overloading the midfield is something that we have seen that is going to happen in the seasons to follow and i think onana is somebody who can give united that extra man that they've been lacking when you know you are you are uh, essentially overmanned in your defense you know like you have you, you are in a situation of a counter attack where four players are charging and you don't have the legs of everybody to catch up so i think i think it's a i think it would be a very good signing and i think like i'm like 99% hopeful that it will carry through but yeah. let's see let's see how when it goes when fabrizio romano says that he's going to sign that means he's going to sign so yeah yes that's, yes that's yes that is been tweet <laughs> fabrizio's <laughs> that's true that's true right now so yeah it it rarely goes south once yeah he has confirmed but uh, yeah talking about midfield and talking about loading the midfield obviously we come next to mason mount and uh, what do you think uh, before sorry sorry harsha sorry before we move on just one more point i was just clarify like checking that at my end as well uh onana has the has just broke the record in this world cup for the maximum touches for a goalkeeper outside the world outside the d as well he had uh, 46 touches in one match before that whole fiasco happened where he retired from the national team because of his fight with the coach and he returned home and everything happened right. uh he he was he set a record he had 46 touches outside the d and even uh, uefa made a compilation of his finals performance 
where he was um, doing the passing and dictating the play from the back so i mean uh, of course it's that i had that kill that you mentioned yes yes exactly so just just uh, i think i hope it works out because i don't know if it will like anshu said i agree with him it's too early to say but i mean if it works out uh, at least it, it at least is going to add a new dynamic that's something to be excited about because it gives you a different uh, uh, a dynamism front, right from the back which is something that's been completely missing because every time till date we've had our hearts in our mouth when the ball is been played sideways or at the back with the goalkeeper so that's something uh, that we faced till date so yeah that's just something i wanted to add because i'm hopeful and i'm really excited for something new that may happen as well yeah so now let's, we can yeah, move yeah. on to the Okay. Yeah, let's yeah. move on to the Mason Mount thing. Um, sure, sure. Uh, you, you, uh, what's your take on it? Uh, was it like it came through? So you guys signed was signing someone in that position a priority. How do you see him playing? And uh, honestly, did you need him? Um, I, I, when I first thought about it, I was like, this is just another transfer news. But then. eventually it became a reality and i with with uh, ericsson and with bruno uh, fernandez in that position uh, do you think uh, such a price shelling out such a price when when you know uh, mason mount is a good signing no doubt but mason mount without a striker could be a problem for united so to enhance the the strike force you you are obviously one uh, namana in a way but do you think it was a good move and how do you see him fitting in the team anshu would you like to take the case yeah i want to hear anshu's view on this because my views are little uh, <laughs> <laughs> i want to hear his views first then i'll kind of go uh, i want to see I how think... much we are aligned as you like fans yeah um bro i think he is a kind of a player who who if is in the market for something like 55 60 million pound you take it irrespective of whether you need him or not i think that's how modern day football works it's less to do with whether it's right or not but for me if we get a striker as harsh said i think it would be like it's it's like this we we signed mason mount good enough but if we don't get a striker it means jack shit to me we signed mason mount good enough and if we do get a striker Absolutely. that might yeah. that yeah. might be an entirely different ball game like uh, we are talking about a player essentially who can play off the left of the right centrally it, 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 it does not matter and nine as well given given the you know given the fact that for sure eric tenag is looking to offload the mcfred the infamous mcfred combination either of them or both of them i don't know so we are going to be short of personnel in midfield and we saw what happened this season when eriksen was injured and you know casemiro was practically suspended every other match between february to april so we needed we need enforcements uh, i am a bit skeptical about giving him the number 7 jersey i just I, i not because i'm superstitious or anything it's just that i think it's too soon uh, and that jersey means a lot to a united fan so uh but apart from that i think whether he is a good signing or not is not dependent on his performances so that's that's weird in a way because if what? if he performs <laughs> sorry what i mean 
is he a good signing or not does not depend on his performance so see so see uh, the what i mean by that is if we don't get a good striker it does okay. not matter if he creates like you know five chances every match we are, we're not, we're not going to get that converted and that's precisely the problem that was there with chelsea you know and at the end of the season if we are not scoring enough goals which means we are again not competing in the way that we want to it's all going to come down to the fact that you know we still need signings we still need reinforcements and nobody is going to check those statistics until and unless you know they are really out of the blue like bruno's is and i i somehow doubt that that's going to be the case so i i don't think that if we don't get a good like i think that if we don't get a good striker and mason mount performs at the best of his abilities he's still not getting more than 10 assists or 12 assists for the season and that's just not good enough for a number 7 so i think how he plays or how we measure him at the end of the season will depend entirely on who he is feeding because he will need to feed somebody and you don't want that person to be marcus rashford is it i in my mind rashford is not a striker he is a forward who who is lethal of the left i i i don't see him becoming a striker if if that makes sense like i don't i don't think he has the uh might be a very um, unpopular opinion but i don't think he has the lethal lethal attitude of of a of a striker like when i talk about a, a proper number 9 i'm talking about the zlatans the rodvan nistelois of this world right he's right. not that to me right so and and with the advent of somebody like erling haaland do you Fuck i mean erling haaland is another when let's not waste like if 35 <laughs> goals are you know if 35 goals in a season are not enough then i don't know what is right so in that case you need somebody who's who's going to give you that 20 25 30 goals per season coming off the center and brashford uh, is not that for me yeah. he's never there been there used to be a time when when you know cumulatively 15 plus 10 matlab 15 goals 10 assists used to be good numbers but holland has made that a joke so yeah yeah that's yeah. a conversation yeah. for another day but yeah we're talking about mount and uh, raghav you are next yeah i mean my views are very clear and short on this particular instance i mean uh, first things on the feast uh, if a madison uh, who played almost 1000 or i think i'm talking in terms of matches 10 matches more than mount uh ended up with eight goals and some seven eight assists or something i don't recall exactly he's also gone for 40 45 million to tottenham as well so uh i mean in terms of fees uh he's 24 years old mount and he had a, an amazing season last last year last year chelsea on a whole did not perform at the level that was expected so i mean i have no issues with the fees the fees market has been disrupted by the likes of psg 3 4 years ago 5 years ago now so that department and plus we and you know yeah. plus we end up paying more for any player we go sure sure yeah either through salaries or either through fees yeah uh, it's it's, it's like to... united are on the table for 20 million extra it's something like that correct correct and the players think that here the thing is what you get initially is what you're stuck with for a while so they want to make the most of it as well that's something i've observed be it the tactics of the directors be it the lack of skills of the directors i don't know i cannot comment on that but uh, the, the fees i do not have an issue with it's a very normal fees if i can pay 75 million for a maguire i don't mind paying a 15 55 million for amount uh, and secondly english talent 
is always going to cost more than other yeah. nations in the premier league is right so english that's something that doesn't matter yeah. yeah yeah english inflation is the right is a nice word in fact i kind of like that word a lot i mean if you had to pay 110 million for a 31 32 year old harry kane uh so that kind of explains uh the amount of money that people are going for so yeah. as far as the fees is concerned i don't have any issues but as far as the requirement there's again one simple reason christian eriksen does not have the legs to uh, do what ten hag wants a midfielder right. to do with a uh, christian eriksen what's happening is every time christian eriksen especially in big matches has faltered because of his slow legs yeah. casemiro has had to suffer yeah but casemiro has had to suffer the fifth minute or something like that yeah correct correct exactly exactly so that's why eriksen's game was uh, uh, set pieces and long uh, vertical passes or a horizontal uh, or a cross field play so uh, that's one department because ten hag needs and wants casemiro to have that sturdiness at the back he needs people who can do the box to box running as well so that's where uh, amount comes in because you seen that with bruno bruno is rash of course because bruno is not the most calm on the field we all know that so he has his moments of rash uh, behavior rash tackles he kind of gets on the nerves and then that affects his own performance as well with a 24 year old mount we've seen much more calmness when it comes to all of this he sees at least calm on the field and he is a box to box he has those young legs we've seen it with chelsea in the 21 22 season uh he's he's someone who does that heavy duty work and that's what ten hag needs to make to make sure that casemiro doesn't have to worry about not having support casemiro so, as does not have to do double work so yeah, my next question is is uh, do you see mount playing alongside erickson or do you see mount kind of replacing erickson in the long term replacing 100% replacing uh it has to be a, a game wise decision okay so if i have to talk about majority lineup like majority playing 11 for the next year it's mount bruno and casemiro uh and if i have to talk about certain strategic games that's the only places erickson will play when you know you're playing against a high line that can be only broken through overhead game uh that's the only time when i see an erickson starting right now but apart from that it's going to be him replacing erickson according to me very very clearly because of the work rate and the kind of football that tena wants to play which is in between the lines so yeah um i i i think uh, tena wants to do a bit of tinkering with the sort of formation that he plays so i i foresee obviously i foresee that he will replace erickson and erickson will be more of a or we might see erickson starting a few games in the beginning of the season and then mount slowly being uh you know uh, uh put into action but i i think he will be the starter for sure him bruno and uh, casemiro is what i foresee going forward this season as the first choice midfielders but i think it's it will be more like a you know it's uh, like like a classic 433 where you have two number 8s sort mm-hmm. of uh, uh, not a number 10 so to speak right and uh, i see both uh, bruno and uh Mason Mount in that role and i see bruno doing more of a um i think more of the ericsson role wherein he has to come back and provide de- uh, defensive acumen uh when when the team is off the ball 
and mount with less of that because i see mount at least going forward might not be this season but uh, in the seasons to come i'll see mount as the more of a number 10esk uh, role if if things go well so yeah uh, as far as erickson goes with replacement for sure right 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 moving on to the next point i think i think you guys really struggled last season in the striker department you know there was a huge drama with ronaldo leaving and i thought it would come to bite you in your back but but that did not happen and uh, credit to casemiro uh, and and the, the two defenders varan and and martinez that you were able to sail through but i was and let's not forget shaw let's not forget shaw as well i mean right, for right. his performance too yeah shaw in the center back role i think he was amazing i think he's a better center back than than a left back but uh, that's that's we can, that is something we can discuss but but you know uh, i i was really thinking that manchester united would go right in for a striker because that is one of one of the key priorities and and what i have seen right now is is kind of lukewarm uh i was really hoping for a high interest in kane but that certainly seems too expensive and too impractical right now so what is on the list what is on the shopping basket who do you think is is one of the better players to come in and what about some players that you want to offload um uh, is it going through uh, or or you know you I mean, like Pandey said, ki uh, it's not always that people want to buy your players. So, so is that the case with the likes of Martial, uh, with the likes of maybe uh, Maguire, McFred, as already Anshu has mentioned? So, so what's the case with offloading certain players and 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 the striking position? as far as offloading is concerned i'll start with that i'm pretty sure uh, fred will go uh, fred is a decent player for a lot of teams what we have a problem with his him is being over ambitious with the ball when he has it um that's been our problem with him uh, he is not decisive enough for the kind of football we want him to play i last read i think from a romano itself like a romano page itself i kind of saw that there's massive interest from fulham for fred uh i think he'll be great for a team like that so i'm pretty sure that fred will get sold uh, i'm not pretty sure that ten hag wants mctominay to go because he is a great deputy who has that skill uh in case a casemiro is injured or is suspended <laughs> now the new fear is casemiro being suspended so uh, uh i'm i'm just uh pretty sure that he'll want to keep mctominay as well but uh, for fred i'm pretty sure that he'll go and maguire the issue is united won 30 million and people have realized he's not worth that so that's where the problem is coming with spurs because spurs really want him and because spurs have always had an english center back in their lineup uh, right. for a long long time so uh, spurs want maguire and fulham want fred those are the two things i know marcial unfortunately does not show enough intent when it comes to wanting to do something with the ball or being ambitious on the field so that's something that everyone can see and i see a big issue with offloading marshall so 
so uh, he'll become the backup striker of sorts who will only play when the main ones injured right. i don't see marcel leaving this window uh, i really don't because as much as i want to and uh, greenwood's obviously going to uh, atlanta i'm sure because right. if that deal happens where we get the guy we want then greenwood's going the other way because united are sponsor i saw this on fabrizio's pages where united are offering to not take a single penny from atlanta for the loan and they are united are going to pay his fees as well so uh, that's something i really see happening because atlanta will be definitely happy and unfortunately the timing of greenwood was horrible with all that happened because he was in this prime the way he was shooting from his left and right foot so uh, these are the three things i see happening fred maguire and greenwood uh, but i don't see anything happening with mctominay and marcel uh, from my end i don't think that he is going to be offloaded and the other problem about your striker i think the ones to blame are the glazers specifically joel glazer uh, had the uh, transition been smooth with the qatar or uh, radcliffe whoever it may be we would have been much more clearer on the funds at our end because if we clear the debts we have more ffp uh, that's a direct co correlated uh, correlative equation that we have as well so that unfortunately the reason we couldn't go for a striker was that and i think what's happening now is united are still going to go overboard and they're going to pay the fine that's required for ffp with hoyland I don't know the pronunciation. I'm sorry, uh, Hollett and um, Onana and um, Mount. These are the three players that I'm pretty sure of, and I really hope we get Amrabat as well because I loved him during the World Cup, and I loved his work rate as well. So uh, I think we'll be go overboard, but United doesn't care because they'll sell that many T-shirts and they'll get the money back. So they don't care about a 20 million fine on an FFP, but they will definitely. Yeah, let's right. not get into that right now. That's a separate discussion altogether. But I feel there are three players. Like to answer your question, Fred, Maguire, and Greenwood will go, and a striker will definitely come in, and a goalkeeper will definitely come. In. So I'm pretty sure of that. And the bonus will be Amrabat because that covers a Casemiro backup who is much more quality than a McTominay, mm-hmm. and who's proven his worth on the national stage. So yeah. I I think Rago might just have missed Phil Jones. Somehow people don't count him. Phil Jones has now. been uh, yeah. he's right. He has been really <laughs> yes, really. He's been really yes, with but, a photo frame. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he does he does stand to be a statistic in that department. Um, yeah, I I I don't think anybody else goes apart from apart from them. Or I'll be yeah. surprised to see Mar- Marshall leave. I think he's a good backup striker, but uh, I don't think so. I I I don't think he's a. I I don't think he is a good Manchester United player. Uh, it's as simple as that. And I I don't care about the fact that whether it's his fault or the manager's fault or how things have, how things have, essentially shaped up in his career. I don't give a damn about all of that. The number of opportunities that he has been held out on a plate, any other player like. Offer that 
that much opportunity to perhaps somebody who, who's the who, who's the person i hate the most uh, let's say uh, somebody like a nicolas pepe you know some some <laughs> who arsenal bought for an exorbitant amount of money or you could if talk about jaden sancho If, no i i i i won't talk about see i won't talk about jaden sancho because of the age factor and right. and i don't know what essentially happened during last summer if it was something related to i don't know if it, it would have been a personal problem that would have had impact on his uh, psyche that i don't i don't essentially want to delve down that road so i i i i still think sancho has got more than enough time to come good and i think we need to be patient with him if mm-hmm. if like if we can be patient with somebody like a harry maguire I, i don't think sancho is even in the same discussion so i'll be like i'll be i i think i think uh, tenag might just offload both mctominay and fred because arguably zidane ekbal and kobe mainu have made good impressions in the matches that they've played so he might just keep them as the you know backup midfielders so to speak uh because uh-huh. there has been uh, like enough interest from west ham as far as mctominay goes fulham uh, as far as fred goes so i i i like there there can be a world where both of them are gone and i'm happy still so i i won't discount that uh but apart from that i don't see anybody leaving and i'll be very i'll be very happy if marshall goes and we get both goncalo ramos as well as rasmus poland because uh, that way we are set on the striker department for the next 3 4 seasons so we don't have to think that way but uh, yeah that's pretty much it as far as as far as the departures, um, possible departures yeah as far as the depart possible departures yes i i i will be very interested to see if any of our Loney's come back and when i say loney's i mean uh, i'm very specific about amar dialo and dean henderson i'll be very interested in dean henderson is it. back and he i don't think he's continuing no i mean i mean back long term i'm united are in discussion with him and obviously tom heaton is not somebody who's going, who's going to stay long or uh, might just retire this season or the season to follow and you can't depend on him for games important so and diallo diallo is also back uh, just to let you know diallo is also back but mm. there are strong rumors united are listening for offers for diallo because they're not happy with yes. how we kind of how yes. so i just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So no but the, the, the um, but the the only uh, only thing with diallo is that diallo gives an extra right winger which again yeah. i mean obviously we are going to lack in one position or the other every other time but so he's know. developed elanga and pelestri for that that's the whole point yes. because yes but i i, I think right. that there there are strong uh, you know there are strong notifications regarding uh, united listening to offers for elanga as well so yeah, yeah. we yeah. we, we might just we might just see more departures than we are predicting but i don't think that apart from the names that we've mentioned even with the slightest probability there will be any yeah. more going out i'll be again i i, I don't think I, it's a, it's an, it's not a good thing to say being a united fan but i don't think maguire will go i i think he is yeah. being he's being extremely pigheaded about this transfer so i i i think he stays i think he has the same phil jones departure from united keeps yeah. enjoying money Well, that would be sad, wouldn't it? Because it 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 would be, but 100%. I can I can I can very much foresee that at least 
this season i don't see him going this season for some reason or the other but let's see let's see let's wait and watch yeah. i'll be yeah. i'm i'm actually very interested in how rashford performs this season i'm actually very excited about that because that is you know where he left last season if he's able to carry on with the same sort of gusto or not because if not then uh, you know one year down the line we might be discussing what is the amount that Ra- rashford goes out for so um <laughs> it's it, it it can actually be a very interesting season yeah. on the left wing as well because both of our left wingers on the different end of spectrums but Let's see how that only goes. if we sign a striker, otherwise you only have one left finger. <laughs> so, yes, yes, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And on the McTominay thing, I also would love to see someone else like an Amrabat if the funds open up. Because, but unfortunately, you mentioned Iqbal. Uh, he's already been sold to a Dutch club. Um, so we only have Mainu as the backup because the thing that I think we're missing one thing is Tabitzer. Tabitzer is available for fifteen or twenty million. yet we are not taking him as the backup to a casemiro also if needed or whatever it is it may be because, because he wants first i, I think uh, i think see uh, the problem with sabitzer is that he again is not a number 6 right he is more of a number 10 yeah. pushing to be a number 8 i think yeah yeah at least yeah. that's that's his favorable position so um i don't think he is going to stick with sabitzer more so because of the fact that yaar adesh is an injured rival Huh. So yeah, that enough. also plays a role, Hana. That now, if he is going to stay injured for four months, then what is the use of having him? Yeah. So fair point. Fair point. So he, I, I don't think Sabitzer is going to stick. But uh, no, he is yeah, anyway gone. So he is anyway gone, and he can. Oh, is he? Oh, he's back. gone. Yeah, yeah. His loans ended. So June uh, end, Sabitzer is gone. Uh, they did not renew with boot because this well. So June end, both of their tenures ended. Yeah, the boots also. Thank God. So, mm. <laughs> I mean, mm. that was something that I still can't get my head around. So yeah, anyway, so both Bro, of them. Bro, he was one gone. of the he was one of the best central defensive midfielders we have had in the last five seasons. <laughs> I agree. The tallest and the best for a yes. while. Yes. I mean, yeah, yes. Yeah. Who, one, who was also a threat goal. in front of goal. <laughs> But Just to save threat, the goal, mind you, <laughs> arguably. Yes. So, Yes. Defensive threat. <laughs> He saved a few balls from corners, though. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that. that so we don't I have think... a backup. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what <laughs> else do you expect from the bloke from Burnley? Essentially, that's what he is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hmm. So that's where it is. So we don't have a backup in CDM. Um, so that's why the McTominay thing is stuck. Yeah, Harsh. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying that since Burnley is back, I think, I think. His old club yeah. would be itching to have someone with United on the CV to be back in there. <laughs> Not really. The manager is uh, manager is an ex City player. I, I don't think <laughs> exactly. he's going. To, so he's going exactly. to be very excited about somebody. <laughs> so I, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, that be, that yeah, being said, I think the this episode. I think yeah. uh, what's the expectations from the season? Uh, How 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 are the folk, a uh, fan folklore trying to build on 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 the previous season? Uh, I mean, if I have to start off, then it'll be a top three for sure. Uh, it's another top three that we definitely are looking at. I am very very interested in seeing how uh, uh, Arsenal perform 
with the new signings because if they take some time to gel and the amount of money they spent on a timber and a Declan Rice as well and all of these things happening around where uh, the the entire foundation has been shaken with Partey may might also leave with Jaka gone uh, a lot of things are changing at their end as well and they have a lot of egos to fulfill Martinelli has a big ego uh, Odegaard has to play so where do you fit in a Havertz where do you fit in a Jesus where do you fit in a Declan Rice without compromising on anyone else's place i mean they have a lot of questions to answer but if they are not able to do that in time uh then there might be a chance for another team like a liverpool or a united to sneak in the top 2 i still see city as very dominant because kovacic is a like for like replacement for gundogan and i think under pep guardiola he's a better replacement than exactly exactly and he has age on his side he has enough experience he has a very calm brain on him so i mean it's a great replacement and he has the the legs he has the brains everything like i said to be a much much better performer than gundogan because gundogan performed well over the last two and a half seasons whereas Kovacic i don't think has... he will be though again yeah, unpopular yeah, opinion i'm sorry but i don't think he will be <laughs> i because think i think i think uh kovacic under pep guardiola is an absolute beast Yes, yeah, you, I agree. Uh, potentially, yes, I agree with you. This season, But, uh, you know, we haven't had managers. You are, a, you, you know, you the- are, you are, you are asking that man to be a replacement for somebody who has been absolutely intrinsic to City's trouble, if not yet, anything else. We have had players yeah. who were Jao Cancelos and uh, you know Bernard Mendy. No, no, I'm not saying no, of, no, no, uh, the future. No. And uh, no, Harsh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying as if I'm not saying City will. I'm not saying. Uh, see, that's a debate, and we can have that debate all day long. All I'm saying mm. is that that a cover kick under Pep Guardiola is the best cover kick we have seen so far, and we have to wait and watch because I think I'm very interested. Yeah, yeah. So we need to also see how he uses him because I think now with Gundogan gone, Rodri and Calvin Phillips. Phillips might finally get his turn hmm. uh, to show that he's been in the system for a while. He understands Guardiola better than a Kovacic, so hmm. we have to give him that time as well. But I definitely agree with you, Harsh. I think because Kovacic has shown his skills on the ball for a team like Chelsea when they were suffering as well. Right. So I mean, uh, he definitely has the capability to perform well. I and Anshu, I hope that that's the case because that opens up a hole for other teams to capitalize on if he's not able to live up to a Gundogan. <laughs> So I mean, as a personal, on a personal level, I'm very happy if that works out. But I don't see yes. that happening. So uh, uh, that's my that's where it is. My prediction is that you know, uh, Pep Guardiola needed someone to do the grunt work, and he couldn't find anyone. So he has found Kovacic, yeah. who would do the hard lifting. You know, labor class work for for <laughs> and uh, and basically what it does is it frees. De Bruyne to just do what he's required to do because we have seen how uh, De Bruyne gets injured and you know or tires off maybe after around the 60 yeah, 78 75 yeah. yeah yeah there's there's yeah. a clear change because he can't keep up so you need someone to do the hard work there and Kovacic does that but yeah yeah that's that's yeah Yeah, coming so, back. Yeah, I agree with you. The larger point, the larger point is that City only if they lose out on defenders. If Walker mm-hmm. goes, they don't have a right back. Cancelo was their best left back. 
so they are trying with akanjis and sergio gomez and all of these people but i feel that they still have a great striker who alone is winning them games uh so i mean i see a top 3 for united i definitely hope they to are able to achieve that as well and i don't i don't care about the league cup because i not because it's not a trophy but because of the the narrative that's been built around it because it's being the rank the fourth most important trophy out of the four and it's not even considered in the treble and everything around it so uh, i want i want my team to compete for an fa cup for champions league i think it's too soon that it's come i don't see something uh, miraculous happen until something miraculous happening i think the quarter finals exit is what i'm anticipating uh, for united this time i think they'll clear the group stage and everything but i anticipate a quarter final exit for them unless and until our players are in red hot form and they're able to counter whatever the opposition is at that stage so yeah quarter finals in champions league uh, one of the trophies between a league cup and an fa cup and a top 3 is what i'm anticipating so one trophy at least that there's not a drought uh, a complete drought that's my expectation from the team because not a lot of has not a lot has changed in terms of the people that are playing we still have the same core group we have rectified one thing at the back if we get a good striker i know it's a lot of pressure on someone like a holland as well but he is capable we've seen that as well so i hope that if we get a couple of more signings in and uh, a keeper and a striker then at least i see all these things the top 3 one of the carling cup or sorry league cup and fa cup and a quarter finals at least in the champions league that's that's my realistic expectations for the coming season anshu your take bro my expectations are never realistic and more mostly based on guts my gut says that arsenal will go fuck themselves this season <laughs> and uh, we'll have a good season and i again uh, unpopular opinions but chelsea may just surprise us so yeah. to keep I, it very I, short and simple to keep it very short and simple would be a shock for me at all if they end up winning the like at least coming second or winning the premier league chelsea i, I won't be shocked but, either it's like they're playing fifa man they're bought 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 now they're selling 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 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think the only difference i think if if we are to draw a fifa analogy what chelsea have done is they've started a manager mode they've gone in and they've bought like n number of players but the only thing that they didn't notice was perhaps that the level the the difficulty level has just been switched from semi pro to world class so you know that will that will get some time getting attuned to but once they are there i think they are there uh but uh, as far as united are concerned i think a top 4 finish would be a, a convincing top 4 finish uh, again when i say a convincing top 4 finish i'm keeping in mind that chelsea city liverpool arsenal they are all challenging and not fucking around like they were doing this season so right. if that is the case and if united manage a top 4 finish i think that that will be a that will be a good step up irrespective of whether they manage third or second or, or whatever it is but it has to be convincing uh, i think quarter finals of the champions league is uh, I, i was more like thinking that it might be a round of 16 exit but uh, i kind of concur with raghav there that it might just go to quarter finals but i don't see us because i just don't see united defeating the likes of Bayern Munich PSG Barcelona Real Madrid yet with the team that we've got uh 
as far as the domestic cups are concerned it's like it's you know it's like burning your hand with fire so i'm not really concerned about whether we win them or not the one thing that we needed to do with eric ten hag was win a trophy so that we have that mental block removed now that's there so i think a, a good season would be one trophy good finishes in champions league as well as the premier league and uh, you know if we are able to challenge for the title that i think that will be a very successful season i think that that's quite possible given if you build on the defense you've had and if you if you really sign onana i think mm-hmm. that's very much possible this season see that's the thing right we've always had a team that can potentially challenge for the title things go to shit in the first five 3 to 4 weeks of the season you know it, it's 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 just that at the end of october we for the past 3 or 4 years barring that one short span where we were first at the end of december in the covid year i think it was and that that went to that went to the crabs very very quickly so barring that one particular season i think we've always had teams that can challenge for the title but we've never been able to maintain a momentum or even build it so if we are able to i think sign a striker a good striker and you know get onana in i think we have all the sort of all the weapons in the arsenal to do that whether we'll be able to do that or not is an entirely different question that's more of a that's more a question of mentality because the talent for sure is there at least in the manager department it's there and that that's something you've been lacking for for a very long time no in the players I... department also harsh i mean i mean like if i okay just forget for a moment that you're a liverpool fan right and if i if i start giving off player names in terms of rafael yeah, yeah, varan yeah. marcus rashford anthony you always have no, players no, with, in united that with you know being a liverpool fan reason, i right? agree that you know it's 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 going to be a challenge and it's going to be a united are going to be a tough top four competitor for sure which was not the case a couple of seasons ago so that honestly is a is a huge change that you would welcome and i think yeah. casemiro varan martinez luke shaw if if he's fit i think uh, aaron van bissaka malasia these kind of players have really impacted the way you know the way united are it's yeah it's just i think tidal malasia is more like an unsung hero of this season because he was there when he was needed and barring one or two occasions he was pretty good so i think i yeah, think we've got a very decent a team chap man you need to give him time. yeah 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 i mean okay. see uh, i think we have a very decent team the only thing we lack is that lethal attitude in front of the goal and once that comes in i think we can see a real mentality shift in this team we might just see the eras changing as stenard promised mm-hmm. right but yeah with with the two i mean to put simply put it yeah yeah raghav go ahead please uh, no i agree i'm just saying that to sum it up i think the sense that we're getting that with this team and everything at least we want to be title challenges for the 28 or 30 games at least i mean even if after that the tides change or whatever it is we want to be in the running for like 28 to 30 game weeks at least because what no man if i'm chal- was- if we are challenging for the title for 30 games we are not repeating an arsenal we are fucking winning it 
that's that's irrepeatable <laughs> what they've done so i mean yes. yeah that's where it is yeah 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 from their position uh, a ten hag won't lose i'm i'm, I'm sorry but uh, if we ever find ourselves in the position that arsenal did ten hag won't lose it from there he has that caliber alone as a manager to make sure that his players get that result that you want i agree with you 100% there the way that, that what happened with arsenal was new players and a newer manager i mean whatever happens arteta has lesser experience at the first level than anyone in the top four so uh, that's that's where it showed so i agree with you if you're challenging 30 and we are first or second with two or three points in the play then we are not going what i meant from my end was ki okay we are four or five points off the top we four five to eight points from the top we've given a fight we've given the first and if it's city if it's chelsea if it's uh, arsenal whoever it is we've been there and still if we've been able to make them work for their points that's good enough but yeah i mean if we're there in arsenal's boots then we're not giving it up definitely that's i'm sure of with the players with the mentality with the manager everything that we have in place and alex ferguson shouting from the stands and everything so that's something we're not going to give up i i align with you completely and shown that yeah yep okay i guess then we are at the end of the episode for today and it was it was an amazing 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 episode thank you for the candid views raghav and as usual anshu thank you for coming on the show uh see you around thank you so much harsh it yes. was great it Soon. was great i sooner than later more. yeah always yeah, we should do this more. yes yes thank you so much harsh thank you thank you and thanks and show thanks and show yes great meeting you raghav for so long same yeah same yeah it's been a while <laughs> yeah I, yes. i think i'll make i'll be here more often great to reconnect and share my views and have someone else hear someone else out as well so, yeah look yeah. forward to doing this more Thank you thank you both thank you bye guys